We come now to our time each Lord's Day morning where we're going to spend a few minutes with our kids and kind of help them to better understand what we do each Lord's Day, in particular, why we gather together to sing, to praise the name of God for what He's done. And again, like the song we just sang, all praise to God, everything, all, He deserves it all. Why? What is so special about this God? Well, we're in the process of putting the story together for you to understand why he receives all praise, worship, honor, and glory. And it's because, again, it goes all the way back to the beginning. He made us for himself. We didn't live unto him. We disobeyed him. Going back to Adam and Eve, our first parents, they disobeyed and uh, spiraled all of humanity into sin and the wrath of God into hell. But God made a promise um, for, a, for a people I'm going to save unto myself, and I'm going to do it through a particular way, through a person. And I'll tell you more about that person as we go, is kind of what God told them. It's going to be through the seed of, of Eve, and I'll tell you a little bit more about him as we go, but I'm going to provide salvation through this one. And so through the Old Testament stories, we've been tracing God telling more and more about who this Messiah who's going to save a people unto himself is going to be. We've been looking at characters like Abraham and Joseph and David and Solomon and Jonah last week. And remember Daniel in the lion's den. And one of the things we're learning, and probably for some of us as big kids, we're, we may just now be starting to learn this. All of those stories are about the one who God is going to send to save us. They're not about Abraham and David and Jonah and Daniel. They're neat stories, important stories, and they really happened. But those characters and the things that they're doing and the way God is working in their lives is picturing for us what he's going to do through the Messiah he's promised. And this morning we come to the very end of the Old Testament story. And so God's people, they're in slavery again. They were enslaved a long time ago in Egypt, right? With Exodus, in the book of Exodus with Pharaoh. You remember the plagues on Egypt, the frogs and the gnats and all those things just all over the place. And God brought them out of bondage. Well, now they're back in bondage. Why? Because they disobeyed God. God brought them out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, through the wilderness, into the promised land. For you and I as big kids, that's a picture of the Christian life. Brought us out of slavery to sin. The wilderness is the Christian life in this life. The promised land is eternal life with God. But in the Old Testament narrative, even in the promised land, they disobeyed God. And so God sent them again. He punished them. The wages of sin is death. Well, he closes out the Old Testament story with this. Have you ever been to a party that lasted a whole week? What do you think about that? A party that lasts a whole week. Sound fun? A birthday party that you get a whole week. Anybody in favor of that? Let's just vote that into existence, all right? If it's your birthday, now my wife already gets that. She gets like two weeks. But it's your birthday, you get a whole week. How about a sermon that goes all day long? Anyone want to vote that into existence? I see a few nods. Well, that's what happens to God's people after God brought them home this last time from being slaves. They had forgotten how God wanted them to live and who they were supposed to be. So Ezra and Nehemiah, a couple of Old Testament prophets, read them the rules that God had given to Moses. And those are the Ten Commandments. 
So they're reading the very same things we're reading in the prayer meeting. They're reading them to him. But something odd happened. The more the sermon went on, the sadder they all got. Why? Was the sermon that bad? Was it that boring? No, not really. It was strange. As Ezra read the book of rules, it worked like a mirror. What do you do when you look into a mirror? What do you see? You see yourself. And so, I, just like we talked about this morning, when you look at the law, it's showing you yourself. It showed them what they were like, and they didn't like what they saw. They saw they had not been living the way that they should, the way that God created them to. They saw that they were cruel and selfish, and so they cried out, we've blown it. Now God for sure is going to punish us. They thought they knew God, and they thought they knew what God was going to do, but they didn't. Of course, they might have picked up a clue from Ezra's name. Ezra's name means help is here. In the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, people's names mean something. It's a message from God. And Ezra's name means help is here. An even stronger name comes from Nehemiah's name, which means God wipes away our tears. That's a great name, isn't it? For a people who are sad and a people who realize we've messed up, We've disobeyed God. He's going to punish us. How about that name? God wipes away our tears. Well, that's exactly what God was getting ready to do. Ezra looked at God's children, and great hot tears were welling up in their eyes, streaming down their cheeks. And he stopped his sermon mid-sentence and shut the book. And he shouted, We're having a party! And that's what they did. All week long, they had a party. Ezra said, God wants us to be happy in Him. And so all day long, they sat and they partied, listen to this party, listening to the wonderful things God had done for His people. They partied by listening to the Bible. It's a good party. How He made the world. How He gave a special promise to Abraham. How He rescued them from slavery. How He spoke to Moses and showed them how to live through his law. He brought them to a special land. He rescued them. No matter what, time after time after time, over and over again, God rescued them because he had promised to love them with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always and forever love. That's a reason to celebrate, isn't it? Their hope, they're celebrating not what they've done, but God's promise. They remember how God had always, all through the years, been loving to his children, even when they weren't loving to him. How he, God, kept his promise to Abraham, took care of Abraham's family, forgave them even when they went astray, even when they ran away from, when, when they ran away from him, even when they thought, we don't need God, we got it. Everything's under control. Then God told his children something more. He said, I won't stop loving you. You are my heart's treasure. I don't like the way that's framed. <laughs> He's saying to them, out of my love for myself, for my glory, I chose you to save you to myself. And I love myself enough that I'm not going to break that promise I made. And I'm coming to you. I'm like the sun that gently shines on you. Chasing away darkness and fear and death. I promise you, 
I'm about to make you happy. Happy in me. I'm going to send the messenger. The one I promised long ago. The one you've been waiting for. The one that Abraham and David and Jonah and Daniel were all picturing. The rescuer is near. Be watching. It had taken centuries for God's people to be ready. But now the time had almost come. The best part of God's plan was here. You know what the best part of his plan is? God himself was going to come and do what he said he was going to do. Not to punish his people, but to rescue them. He was going to send his rescuer to wipe away every tear from every one of their eyes. And the real party is just about to begin. And that's really how the Old Testament ends. Who can tell me what the last book of the Old Testament is? That close, that's the last book of the Bible, that's, and that's the right answer. Revelation, the last book of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. That's a great answer. I'm so glad you said that. Hey, you, that's an awesome answer. Malachi. Probably chronologically, Nehemiah was the last book of the Bible, the last book written in history. And those books leave it open. Be watchful. God is near. He's about to send the rescuer. Now, it took about 400 years before he did that, but that was his final word. Be watching. He's near. And that's what the Gospel of John is so wonderful. When John, we're fixing to look at him just a moment ago, is saying all these wonderful things about Christ. He, this is him. This is him. He's here. He promised he's here. That's why we celebrate. Everything God promised has come to life. Christ has come. The party has begun. But it's a party not just because we gather together. It's a party because of Jesus and the hope we have in him, his life, his death, his resurrection, the forgiveness of our sins through him, the promise that we will have no more tears, no more sufferings because of Christ. So we celebrate. We gather together each Lord's Day and we sing and we party in the word of God like they did in Nehemiah's day. We make much of Christ.